Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Pulp Hockey Podcast with Ray Ferraro. Thank you for listening. Stanley Cup Final Edition. Uh, we're not looking good for my Vegas Golden Knights right now, but uh, to talk about that and more and see if they have a chance to come back. Uh, of course, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, former NHLer, now TSN lead color analyst, Ray Ferraro. What's up, Ray? How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm a little tired. We're in Chicago. We... Uh... We kind of slipped up on the booking thing, so we missed the direct flight from Dulles to uh, uh, to Vegas. So we connecting our way back to Vegas for Game Five, and so we're uh, got a little time here in Chicago. Yeah. And I don't know when I've ever been in this airport and thought, "Oh, gee, there's lots of room." <laughs> like, how many people fly through here? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, and there's a lot of delays too. Like in the winter, a lot of delays. It's it's a really oh well. You know there yeah. there, there is a thing. Don't fly to Chicago or don't fly through Chicago unless you're coming to Chicago. Right. Yes. Because exactly. Whatever your whatever your connection time is in the winter. Yeah. And you are taking your your day into your own hand yeah. because that is, and there's just so many flights and so many people, and the weather sucks, and then you're like. Oh well, I'm screwed now. And <laughs> when, that, when that board starts turning red, yeah. On you, oh boy, and we've all had that happen. It's like, uh oh, it's um, going to be bad. So, all right, Ray. So, my wife and I, we have plans to go to DC for Game Six of this Stanley Cup Final. Will we need to get on that plane? Uh, not a terrible idea. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm for Vegas to win game five. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, look, for a bunch of reasons. One, they're very good at home. Two, it is their last stand. And three is that it wasn't a 6-2 game last night. I know it was. Yeah. That's what yeah. the scoreboard said. But the first 10 minutes of the game, 15 minutes, could have been a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't. I mean, I still don't know how James Neal missed that. Oh, I mean, it's not like you got yeah. it's not like you got a guy with two left hands shooting the puck. You've got a guy <laughs> it's a twenty five goal scorer and has been that for a long a long time. I, I don't I don't I mean I was standing in that corner and I, I still don't know how he missed it. I mean I, I saw it and I saw it live and I saw it on fifty replays and I mm-hmm. still don't get it. Yeah. But in any case, um yeah, I think it's possible that they win. But what what I did see or what I do see is a team that looks like they're on a rope. Yeah. They they look they look tired. Um and I know that they should have more energy because they had all these days off. But sometimes you give everything and you give everything and eventually everything's just not enough. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems a little bit like that to me that you know, when they draw down into the tank, that it, there's just not enough there. Let's, it, 
let's not be, you know, let's not forget that they're not supposed to have figured out a way to get this far. They, this is overachieve, overachieve, overachieve. Yeah. I mean, they're very good and it's still an overachieve. And then they get to a point and sometimes, and I only know this from the one year we went to the semis, mm-hmm. we're reaching down. There's, there's just nowhere to go. Like, <laughs> right. There's nothing the there. Start right. to go against. Yeah, you start the bounces start to go against you. Right. You, you know, things that have worked for you don't. Um, and on top of that, Washington has been has been damn good. They have been. They have really, really limited for the most part what Vegas has been able to do. And the top end of Vegas's lineup has gone pretty quiet, really quiet. And the top end of Washington's looks like the top end of a lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah, if Halla, Halla hits a post, Neil misses that chance, maybe it's a different game from there. Momentum and all of that, you know, swings. Yeah. Funny how that, that works, you know. Um, well, well, because then if – so Hall is – you know, you say it's Hall's chance, but he's been one of the guys that has been – absent from the series Mm -hmm. and the shot hit his foot again that's the end where i'm standing and you know so it hits his foot hits the post and hope he doesn't even react he doesn't see it Mm -hmm. and if that goes in and neil goes in or riley smith got a chance from three feet and he missed the net yeah he missed it really nice play from carlson Mm -hmm. if two of those three go in now washington's chasing the game no and the the crazy part is it wouldn't have taken much for people to get tight in that building yeah. because it's been yes. decades of frustration there. Well, and it's not just the players, it's the people standing around. Like when they cheer, it's almost like an explosion of relief in there. You know, like, like when yeah, they yeah. score, it, yeah. it's not just like they're cheering. Yay. They scored. It's like, Oh my God, they scored. And that's one, one goal yeah. that we never got before that maybe we got a chance for now. You know, that's what it kind of looks like. Uh, to me. So the game turned really, really quickly. Um, it's one. So when the game was one, uh, no zero, zero still. And Colin Miller took that tripping penalty in mm-hmm. the, in the middle of the ice. Yeah. Bad penalty. Um, yeah. Bad penalty. The shot, the shot attempts at that time were 14 to two mm-hmm. for Vegas. Yeah. 32 seconds later. Oh, she scores. It's one, nothing. So then they get back on the beam, and they're doing okay. The period's fine. And there's a face-off in Vegas's end. And I said on the radio at that face-off, look, if they can get out of these next three minutes, it's been an almost perfect period for them. And then they screwed <laughs> up on their coverage. Marcia So and Theodore get caught staring at Kuznetsov. Nobody covers Wilson, and it's 2 nothing. And yep. then they're still kind of sort of maybe yes, okay. Wheels are it's teetering, it's teetering, but it's not it's not totally off the rails. Right? Yeah, they're not. The wheels haven't just exploded until William Carlson gets beat at the blue line. Like that was a pretty soft. It was play by him. Yeah. And Devontae Smith Pelly keeps it in and then goes and you know uh, makes a really nice play and and puts it up top to make it three nothing. And we could all gone home at that point. Yeah, I was telling my wife, uh, look, it, it's probably over. It's not looking good. But if there's any team to blow a three to one series lead, it's the Washington Capitals. Everybody, like they are, they've well, done. Except, <laughs> except you see where for thirty three straight times it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. Because yep. 
the, the only positive I would say to this, Steve, is that they have two games at home. Mm-hmm. That's it. So if they can, I know my my uh, approach to my team would be, um, look, we we only worry about game five. If we can win game five, then really all we got to do is win one more road game this year. That's it. Yeah. You know, so you can build yourself up. The the problem I see is that I just don't know if there's anything to build up. You know, like I I think they're going to play hard. I think they'll come out like like their hair's on fire. And if Washington settles through 10 minutes, then I think Vegas is in trouble. Yeah. Now, Vegas might win the game in 10 minutes. Yep. They really might. Mm-hmm. But they also, you know, they also might flatten out. Like, what if, what if they come out and they're so energetic and, you know, they're racing around and then Washington gets one shot and Ovechkin scores? Mm-hmm. Yeah, deflating. You know, then, yeah, you're, just, then you're like, yep. that's it. Like the, not, I mean, that's not it, but the air just gets mm-hmm. pulled right out of you. Yeah, hockey more than more than basketball, more than, than football, more than baseball. It's such a momentum sport. It's such a, a highs and lows of you know shift to shift almost like it's. Well, Steve, yeah. even last night, like it's four nothing, and uh, they make it four two, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, well yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> like if they they yeah. find another one, and then I thought, um, I thought Ryan Reeves made a really stupid play. Uh, I know he was trying to drag Wilson into a penalty, mm-hmm. but they were Washington was running all over the bloody place five on five, and then now it's four on four. You change the complexion of the game, and there's no way that the refs are going to let Reeves run around in that game. They're going to they're going to make sure they keep a lid on it, especially because it's him and Wilson. Yeah, and so they keep you know they they're each, you know, kind of punching each other in the face. And mm-hmm. so eventually the refs are tired of watching it and they give them both a penalty. And the reason I thought it wasn't a great play is now you change the rotation, you change the energy, it's now four on four. And then Washington scores at four on four. And and if we couldn't have gone home before, we could go home then. Yeah, yeah. I thought Vegas was the better team the first two games. I thought Washington was a little lucky to come out 1-1. Do you agree? Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, in the first game, don't forget that, you know, Wash led three times. Mm-hmm. Um, the tying goal for Vegas was a penalty. Yeah. When yeah, true. Reeves crossed Reeves, yeah. Carlson down. On, you know, and so like in game two, you can point to the tuck save, which was, you know, could never happen again. Amazing. Yeah. And so those first two games, if I think I throw it all into a pot of soup, mm-hmm. I look at it and go, you know what? It was kind of half and half. Right. Okay. The first game was a train wreck. Well, but, and boy, was it, so it fun. Was it fun, though? Was it fun? Yeah. Don't you wish more games could be like that? Yes, Ray, it, yes. It was so good. It's so good and so unpredictable and so wild. And then one, one of, team was going to win, and, and then you knew the next game was going to be yeah. a little more orderly, which, of course, it it was. Game one, and, um, uh, oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, you know, no, no, just that I, I thought that it was, at it, it 1-1, that was probably a just 
Okay. Just results. Sure. Uh, game one for me was one of the f- best games I've ever seen in my life in person. It was great. I mean, I'll, maybe because I was cheering for Knights. You know, I'm still still Leafs guy, but but I want the Knights. To, I don't know. It was an incredible game. I just thought it was so good. It had everything you wanted. You know. Well, it was fun. Yeah. That's why. Yep. Right. Yep. Because, like, and this is the you know the argument I get against or I have with the people as you know that say, oh, there can be good two one games. Yeah, yeah. Well, there can be, but. Nobody cheers. Like, you cheer the good saves, and mm-hmm. that's it. I want the horn going off. I want the people jumping up and down. I want I, I want the celebration. Like, that's fun. Yep. Like, if, like, the other night when Golden State ran away from Cleveland mm-hmm. and Curry turned, turned the game into, like, a shooting gallery. <laughs> uh, like, he's at, like he's at the fair. Yeah, like he's at the fair. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's a pop-a-shot. <laughs> right, right. Like, if, if that game was... If if they had won that game, eighty two sixty nine, yeah, great, no yep. fun. Yep. Yeah, oh, excellent rebounding. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I want points. Yeah. Man. I yeah. want baskets, and and I want goals in hockey, and that's that's why game one will always be one of my favorites. I think. Um. Yeah. It was. It was great, man. It was. Uh, it was really good. Also, too, Ray. I think. Mark Andre Fleury, while he hasn't given this thing away or anything, he's not. As good as he was with the layoff, he's not been the yeah. same guy we saw. It's I don't you don't think you can blame him. I don't think you can be like, oh, it's his fault or anything. But he hasn't been as good as Holpe. That's the bottom line. Yeah, but he hasn't been as good as Flurry was either. No, no. I think yeah. that's even more right. important. It's not so much Holpe. It's you know Vegas got to where they were on the back. It just mm-hmm. amazing goaltending. Like he was brilliant. Yep, as good as I've ever seen him play. And so look at the goals last night. The first one. It was a, you know, it's kind of a crazy rebound. Oshie makes an awesome play, right, to put it in. Yep. The second one is Tom Wilson's 20 feet in front of the net with all kinds of time. NHL players are going to score that goal. They could have used a huge save there, but guys score that goal. The third one, he's not going to stop. Smith Pelly makes a great play and throws it upstairs on a cross, cross scene pass. Like, that's just in the first period. Like, yeah, maybe he could have made an amazing stop on Wilson, but he didn't. Could he have stopped John Carlson's one-timer? That was at my end. That thing was a cannon. (laughs) And I guess he could have got a shoulder on it, maybe, kind of, sort of. So it's it's not like it's been terrible, but it's not been what they need. And I would say there's a lot of that for Vegas in this series. Yep, yeah, 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 exactly. It's not like you can – you know, you can point to him and be like, oh, he's been bad, but he just hasn't been as excellent, you know, uh, the whole series. Yeah. And, um, and so now you look at this where they are, and um, it's just, it's such an enormous hill to climb. Um, but it's not impossible. I think a lot of the historical references go out the window because the games are different uh-huh. than they were 10 years ago. Okay. Sure. I really do. Like, yep. like a, whatever happened. Well, 10 years ago doesn't really apply anymore because the games are different, the players are different, yeah, the style yeah. is different. But, man, winning three straight when you're down 3-1, um, yeah. I guess you could say Wash just won three straight. Why can't they? It's just it's different. when you're, Your margin for error <laughs> yeah. is, well, is zero, yeah. and, it, and I think it affects the way teams play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Holpe save, Ray. Uh, it was that we had great seats for game two. We weren't far apart, you and I, actually. You were in that corner. Um, that yep. Holpe save, wow. Um, that 
maybe turn the whole thing. I mean, that's what the media is going to grab, anyways. I don't know if that's true or not, but can something like that, well, do, you know, change things? I mean, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, if if Tuck scores, it's two two, right, or three three. Yeah, three three at yep. that time. And so maybe they do win, but see, this is where you know, looking back is for suckers. It's it's cool sometimes, but. You, you know, I pointed out the Reeves penalty, and what if they would have called that penalty? Then it was still 4-3. Maybe Washington wins game one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there was no doubt that you was know, a penalty. Like, yeah, there was no doubt. So Right. And, yep. like, there's no way that Alex Puck's going to miss that chance, except he did. Yeah. You know, like, it, they could put together the, the two chances, the, the Tuck and the Neal chance from game three, mm-hmm. or game four, rather. Yeah. And those guys would score that the next 99 times. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. so, and and I, I think you know what, Steve. As I'm thinking about it, that's why we like sports because the unexpected happens, the the great and the not so great mixed together, and they give you this new book that is each game. And so I, I, I it was a turning yeah. point for sure. I, I, love, mean, I mean, you can't right. You can't you can't even look at that and, and not think of how incredible it was. Ovechkin's reaction on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> was kind of like yeah. all we needed to see. Like, yep. hell, he couldn't believe it. Yep. And uh, I, I interviewed Jay Beagle after the game, and Beagle ended up behind Holtby on that play. He did, yeah, L- laying said, down so, like diving for it, right? <laughs> right. I said, so when you're diving in the crease, I asked him, I said, what are you thinking? And he goes, I was just waiting for the applause. He goes, because I thought it was in for sure. Yeah. And he goes, and then there was none. And I'm like, oh, he must have stopped it because he didn't see it. Right. He was, you know, diving back in. He was probably asked backwards by that time. And and funny how, like, the whole, like, if that goal had gone in, now it's a stanction uh, off the off the ricochet, off the off the uh, the metal stanction, yeah. you know? Like, that's why that happened. It went right to the, oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah. that whole play was right. was just, uh, <laughs> was was chaos, really, right? Like, it, just from the, from the very beginning, it was a nothing play. It turned into a sure goal mm-hmm. that wasn't. That wasn't, yeah. Um, what do you think of? Uh, well, let's uh, first of all, you're doing the games for NHL Radio. You're also doing TSN panels yep. and everything. Um, any different for you on radio? Do you do you change your style? Do you alter things a little bit? Yeah, for sure you do because you have to remember that nobody can see what you're talking about. Yep. And so you can't say the guy comes out of the left corner or out of the corner. You yep. have to say he comes out of the left corner. You have to say he's now about 15 feet away because on TV they can see how far he is away. You, you know, you have yep. to say, is, yep. you know, Holtby was carrying his glove about his waist because they can't see it. Mm-hmm. So it's way more detailed. But so Joe Micheletti and Kenny Albert are, are upstairs, and then I come in six, eight, seven times a period maybe with yep. some observations that, that I have. So it's, uh, it is different. Um, Joe and Kenny are just awesome guys and really generous with bringing me into the play because they could forget that I'm standing down there and all of a yeah. sudden you go eight or ten minutes without saying anything and you're you're just watching the game. Yep. So it's um, um, I would say it's enjoyable for sure. It radio is different though. Uh, and where are you going with like a minute left? You're gone. Yeah. So we have with about four minutes left. Okay. We have uh, we send a request back. To the um, to the PR guy and the NHL guy, mm-hmm. and say, okay, here are our three guys that we would like to talk to. 
and you know if somebody's scored, TV gets first crack at them. So you try and work your way around to get your interview. Mm-hmm. So last night in the first period, we were going to go interview a Vegas player. And then it's 2 nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then as I'm walking back there, I'm in the Vegas hallway, and the horn goes off, it's 3 nothing. So I say to my producer, there's no chance we're doing Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I said, I'm not asking somebody to come out and talk about the period. Now they're down 3 nothing. Let's, uh, and so, yeah, let's put Ray Ferraro we, in 1995 after giving up that goal. Hey, Ray, oh, you got time for a between periods? Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's just not fair to the, to the guy to come yeah. out and do it. Mm-hmm. So now we, we got to get back to the NHL radio guy, or rather, I'm sorry, to the NHL PR guy. And um, his name's Mark Jacobson. And basically say, we're heading back to Washington. Here are three guys. Get us which get us one three, you can. Right, yeah. You know, because right. it's, un, it's not fair to him either. Yeah. And so the, the Caps and, and Jacobson were able to, to get it organized. And, and then we did another cap after the second period, too. Yeah. So we're like, you know, at this point, nobody wants to. To come, I don't want to ask somebody on Vegas, you know, hey, where did this all go wrong? Yeah, yeah, not then. <laughs> yeah, exactly, not not right now. And uh, also, to people who listen to this show over the last few years, they've heard you talk about this before, but you mentioned it on Twitter again this week. The access to the uh, star players on the off days is a frustrating thing for. I mean, not for you because that's not your job. You know, you don't do that uh, working for TSN and NHL. Network, but you, I mean, it does, it gets you going, doesn't it? Kind of how they protect guys. Okay. Um, I'm going to pause right now to order a coffee and I'm going to answer that as soon as I make my order. Okay. All right. Let's do this live on the pod. Oh, really? Well, no, just order your coffee. Sure. Okay. I'm just waiting in line here, Steve. So while I'm, I may break off halfway through this answer because yeah. I'm going to order my steamed almond milk. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Why, why did you say it like that? You don't think that's a good order? Steamed almond milk? I mean... Yeah. I'm trying not to drink as much coffee, so I'll hang yeah. on a minute here. Okay. You know, like, this is an important order, because oftentimes it gets screwed up. Yeah, uh, grande steamed almond milk, please. Thank you. There you go. Do you have the app? Do you have the Starbucks app? No, I don't, because that would be too too much organization. You get a free one after so many orders. You got to get that right. Yeah, I got to get organized there. So <laughs> I think we're good. Okay, I think we're good. We're going to get this done, one way or the other. Yeah. So that was a that was a little bit of a, a miscommunication. Is what we had there. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Okay. All right. So because so, I, I was wondering why would two things be worth two dollars at Starbucks. That's never the case. Right. Yes. If exactly. you've ever ordered anything from Starbucks, there's nothing <laughs> that equals that. No. So anyways, okay. we got it sorted out. I got my little kind bar and my steamed almond milk, you know, so I'm ready to go. All right. So all right. Access access for the players, the NHL, yeah. something um again, like it doesn't really affect you that much, but you know, you've got a, a bigger eye on the sport and uh you, you know, you you've said the same yeah. thing last year, this exact same rant last year. It's it's brutal though, Steve, because I don't think the league quite gets it. And if they do get it, they let the teams control too much of what goes on. Because yesterday, prior to the or the day off prior to the to game four, Vegas trotted out uh Derek Englund. David Perron, Lucas Pisa, and Ryan Carpenter. Well, Perron wasn't going to play. Yeah. Like, he didn't play. 
And it's not really fair to ask the other guys how come they can't score because they don't. Yep. It's not what they do. And so you look at the NBA. Every day they talk to LeBron James. He gets up on the podium. Steph Curry, every day he's up on the podium. It's a Super Bowl. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they have, they have the big media day, but they bring guys to the podium. They're not bringing up the punt returner. They bring up the big boys. And the reason it's important is because if you have the big boys there, there's plenty of stories that can be written. The stories come from different angles. So you don't have 50 guys writing the same story. The more varied the stories are, the more interest there is. The more interest it is, it's just better for everybody. The, the readers like it. The viewers like it. The, the players, if they can grow the, continue to grow the sport, they'll like it because then they won't have to pay any escrow. If you make it only about reaching into their own genes, yeah. then I think they understand it. Because right now, uh, like, and I know because I, was, you know, I played, and the difference was I was a guy that didn't mind talking. So um, guys get pissed off. They don't want to do it. Like they're like, really? I got to go back out there again? It's ten minutes. Get them out of there in ten minutes. Yeah. You can, you know, the the reporters, most of them, they know what the hell they're doing. They can get the information they need in four or five questions. Yep. Um, and and off it goes. I I just I can't believe the league doesn't quite understand this. They don't. You, right now, they've got the tail wagging the dog. The teams run the thing, and the teams will say, we're making so-and-so and and -and so-and-so available. Yeah, yeah. Well, for Vegas yesterday, that top line, or in the off day, the top line should have been on on the table. Because that's who everybody wanted to talk to. Yeah, so... Why doesn't the NHL do that? Why why do that? Why do they let the teams? I, I can't even co- well, yeah. I can't even come up with a reason. Right. They'll say that oh, we didn't want to put the player in a bad spot. They're not in a bad spot. It's ten minutes. Because you like, also have a PR right. guy there. Yep. And and if somebody is somebody's really grilling a guy, yeah, the PR guy can can say okay, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, and nobody's going to grill a guy anyways. It's not going to be some no. sort of some sort of. Uh, you know, trial here going on. It's not going to be that. At no, all. Yeah. It's, look, it's, it's, if there's a controversial play, yeah. people want to talk to that player. Yep. If there's, if there's somebody that's got five goals, they want to talk to him. If there's a guy that hasn't scored in the series, they want to talk to him. Yeah. Like the, wherever the important story is, mm-hmm. have a sense of what PR is and public relations is good for the sport. Yeah. That's the bottom line, Steve. It doesn't matter what it like people say oh you oh the media just complains because they just want better access well duh if the media gets better access that means you get better stories yeah isn't that what you want yeah yeah it's a there was media sniping at uh, different media guys on twitter about you know complaining about this and saying well just go ahead and write your you know write a story anyways why do you need somebody to tell your story but that's that's ridiculous i, I as a guy in the media uh albeit another sport that's that's silly you know, so well, it, it is ridiculous because you want, you want, especially on the off days. Those are the days you can write a longer story, or people can present a longer story. That's where you find out more about the players. That's where it becomes even more interesting. That's what I think, anyway. I used to read Sports Illustrated. I would never read the recap of Game Six of the championship series. Yeah, I'd go back to the long form articles where they yeah. write about the players. Man, I love that stuff. Yep, yep. That was awesome. Yep. And that's exactly 
what misses when they don't make the players available. Yeah. I, I, I ran into this in my sport. The number one guy was really busy and swamped. And I was saying, hey, I was asking a PR person, hey, can I get some time with him? And she's like, ah, he's really busy. And this, and I said, look, I need seven minutes, which is really what I needed because I'm working on this story. I said, I need seven minutes. And she's, she's – and, and she uh, – well, what was that? What is what is that? Is that your... uh, they turned the steamer thing on. That's for my almond milk. I'm oh pretty excited about God, it. God, that was loud. Anyways, so she's like, okay, seven minutes. You have it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't – once you express it that way, it was fine. And once you – Tell the players, hey, we need 10 minutes of you at the podium. It should be okay. It's not going to kill but if you. But the thing is, you say seven minutes, and you better be respectful of, of the yeah. guy's time, which I'm sure you were. Yep. Right? You're not there seven, and all of a sudden you're there for 15. No, no, no. Right? Yeah. Like that's, yep. And so the, that's the thing is they've, they've turned this into this adversarial relationship, but both need each other. The media needs the players. The players need the media. And the players, well, they don't really need the media, but they like what goes along with needing the media. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and if you if you make it if you make it a battleground, then the only ones that lose are the fans. Okay, so are you still here? I mean, last time we did the show, you said that Barry Trotz is pretty much out of there, and it's you know an open secret that he's. Yep. I mean, is that still going to happen, right? Is that, he's going to win a cup, um, most likely, and he's out of there? Yeah, the last guy I think this happened to was Mike Keenan. Keenan, yeah. But, but Keenan orchestrated that whole thing himself. Like yeah. He wanted to go to St. Louis. He had a deal in the back pocket, as crazy and convoluted as that all was. Um, and he left after the Rangers won in 94. Um, so, you know, he wanted more power. He wasn't going to get it in New York, and... Crazy as it seems, I mean, you could have been the king of the castle, but yeah. you went to St. Louis, and yeah. it, you know, and it didn't turn out. Um, I don't, I don't see a scenario. Well, from anything that I've read or mm-hmm. anybody that I've talked to, I don't see a scenario where Trotz comes back. Crazy. I think it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And so it, it almost sounds certain that Todd Reardon, his assistant, is going to be the the new head coach. Mm-hmm. Now this could fade away if they do win. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Brian McClellan went to Bowling Green. That's where Todd, Todd Reardon went to school. Um, there was a long portion of this year where there wasn't much communication between McClellan and, and Trot. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like, the, you know, the two coaches that, are, that don't have anything on their contracts past this year are, uh, uh, are Trot and his longtime assistant, Lane Lambert. Yep. Blair Forsyth is one of the other assistants in Reardon. They have years on their contract. Yep. yep. So it seems pretty well like the story's written. Yeah. Uh, Nuts. Crazy to yep. me. Yeah, absolutely. Especially Trotz is a good coach proven over the years, you know, so it's not like he's screwing things up and, behind, you know, he's a good coach. But well, yeah, they're, just, they're one win away from the, yep. the championship. Yep. He's obviously not screwing things up. Yep. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like, let's just say, like, he's just some guy without a track record or whatever. And 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 McClellan, right, right. McClellan yeah, can be like, flash. yeah, McClellan can be like, oh, they're just you know playing well without him. Or look, but yeah. Um, hey, so listen, Ray, you've talked many times about the '93 run uh, with the Islanders and, and playing in the playoffs in general. You get a little jealous this time of year. 
Do you get a little like uh, not jealous? Maybe jealous yeah. is the right word, but are, do you get a little like envious? Let's say you're like, man, these yeah, guys no, are jealous having... is not bad. Yeah, okay, jealous isn't bad either. <laughs> um, envious for sure. Um, less and less as time goes on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like as I get older, I'm like, eh, what the hell does it matter if I'm jealous or not? Right. <laughs> so I, I look at guys and. You know, I, I think I have more empathy for guys that, you know, that have played a long time. I'm looking at Brooks Orpik, who's, yeah. you know, who <laughs> he's having an amazing series, but he's on his last legs. Yep. And and I'm like, man, he just plays so hard. It would be nice to see a guy like that rewarded. Nick Backstrom has been one, long one of my favorite players. He has been, yeah. And, yeah. and you know what, like, Man, it's eleven years, and they've been so good, but not good enough. And and of course, Ovechkin's the gold standard for it. Um, people have been kicking him in the shins for ten years. Can't win with him. I talk to management people that say you can't win with him. He can't be your leader. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Wouldn't that be something if he won and they all had to chew on it? And so I feel empathy for those guys. And then I look at Vegas, and they beat their brains in for a hundred games. And if they can't come back. Man, that sucks. Yeah. Because who knows if they'll ever get back there again. Like, in, this team is going to change. Win or lose, this team will not be the same next year. No, no. And I think it's, I think it's more likely than not that they're not going to be the same, as good a team next year. I don't think they will. Yeah, be. I'm with you. I don't, I don't see how it happens. Um, yeah. And, and so just think to get all this way and you get – you get bubkiss for it. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's so much work. Like you said, it's so much effort, and you're just not going to win. And in, 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 yeah, it's it's, it's got to be heartbreaking as a player. And even for you, you went to the semifinal. You know, and you're like, what? Is, well, it, is it over? The, the, the thing run? is, we thought we th- yeah, we thought we would be back the next year. You know, yeah. we got a good team, and then mm-hmm. Glenn Healy left as a free agent, and. Um, they made a trade, and um, you know, with Quebec, yeah. and that that turned into a disaster. And then, you know, we're you're like, oh man, that's uh, <laughs> that's not we're not getting back there again. And we didn't make the playoffs. We went yeah. from the semifinals to not making the playoffs. Yeah, and it happened quick. That's part one of the Paul Pocky podcast this week with Ray Ferraro. We caught up to Ray after his flight in Vegas. But first, with such a limited time in which to enjoy your watercraft, don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect your property in the event of an accident or theft. Let Wyatt Dowling ensure you are properly covered. Leave your worries at the door, everybody. Three-year new model replacement, all risk, agreed value protection, claims paid without depreciation, and winterization, freezing, vermin coverage, emergency towing, all of that. If you got a watercraft, it's June, so you got it out. You need some coverage for it. AllPointsInsurance.ca. AllPointsInsurance.ca. Leave your worries at the door. Thanks for listening, everybody. Now, here's more Ray. All right, picking the podcast back up. It's a two-parter today, Ray. Uh, we did a little bit earlier this morning. Now we're uh, we're back. You are in Las Vegas and uh, and uh, getting ready for the next game. So people want to people want to know what you think, Ray. How, how many games is this thing going? Can Vegas can Vegas stave it stave them off for one more game? And uh, and go to Washington. Uh, I think they can. Yeah, yeah, I think they can. Sure. I mean, I think lots has to go right for them. Um, mainly because they just, to me, as I said earlier, they just they seem like they're a little out of energy. So the the thing I would worry about if I was a Vegas fan is that you you know you start well, 
then something goes wrong, somebody takes a penalty, you you give up a power play goal, now you're down 2 nothing, and the game all of a sudden really quickly turns like last night at 5-1. You know, that would be the you know, that would be something I would be worried about. But the next two days for me for Vegas are about making sure everybody's got some sense of belief mm-hmm. that they, they feel they can do this. Um, if I'm Gerard Gallant, I'm not even talking about game six and seven. I'm just like, I'm not talking about, Hey, we got to win three games. Yeah. I, I'm talking about the first period. Let's just believe we can win the first period and then have the guys themselves. Nobody can do this for them, but they have to have the will to go out there and win the puck battles that they didn't win over the last three games. Yeah. Well, the, um, the good news is uh, Marc-Andre Fleury came out and uh, it was on Instagram and he said that they're not giving up. Oh, that's great. Great stuff. Well, that's good news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, also, no franchise has blown more 3-1 to one leads in playoff series than Washington. But I know you're not a guy like – you're not a guy – you always just – you're like, that's other teams, other coaches, other players. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't right. matter to me. That's like, I know. One of my favorite ones is, um, you know, Team X is 2-9 and nine on Tuesdays. Yeah. Who the hell cares? It's a Tuesday. <laughs> right, right. Like, what does that even matter? So I, I know they've blown it in the past, but look, Vegas has never been here before. Wash has never been here before. I think you can take a lot of that past history of the Caps and throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. They don't look like the old Caps team, and um, I'd hate to be hanging my hat on some historical stat that's, um, that probably doesn't have much to do with what's yeah. going on now. Uh, you've been at every game, ringside, calling them. Con Smythe picks. I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to pick one for the Knights, but uh, Con Smythe pick for the Caps. What do you think right now? Well, I, I would, I would say I would pick Ovechkin in the slimmest of margins over Kuznetsov. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would give it to Ovechkin as much for his play, but for the way he has led which has been a criticism of him in his career. Mm-hmm. Like he just looks different, seems different. He's not that Kuznetsov's not invested in it because he is, but Ovi looks like he's spilling his blood for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of being a leader and um, it's part of being a leader by example. It's no speech making. I could care less about that. Yeah. Um, I, I would pick Ovechkin for my con smite. Uh, yeah, well said. And if, if Vegas happens to pull this thing off, then who knows will be the hero in the next three games. So Right. Yeah. Well, I, I would say the only two guys that would have a chance would be Marcheseau and, um, and Fleury. And Fleury, yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and that, that would be it. I don't know if you, uh, if you read Sportsnet very much, right, the, the, the other guys up in Canada, but they did a nice little run, uh, stories and podcast about the 93 Habs run. And we spoke about that earlier on the show. You went all the way there to the semifinals with the Islanders. Uh, did you happen to read that at all? Uh, no, I saw okay. some of it in a in a bar. It was playing on the <laughs> NHL Network. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I saw some of the uh, some of the footage. Yep. And uh, man, it's hard to believe they won that many overtime games in a row. And then yeah. they get to the final, and McSorley's got the illegal stick. And I think with that what it tells us looking back in the big picture is that it was their time. Yeah. That was, that was just their year. They were, you well, know, they, they were certainly no favorite going into the playoffs. They were almost out in the first round. And then when we knocked off Pittsburgh, I mean, that slammed the door open for everybody. Well, that was the last uh, four teams. Go ahead. The last four teams all felt we <laughs> had a chance. 
Yeah, the Leafs should have done it. Anyways, um, the interesting thing interesting thing from the Montreal players about your team, the Islanders, a few things. They celebrated hard when you guys knocked off the Penguins because they really thought they could win. Um, yeah. Uh, Glenn Healy said that you had a wide-open net in game one or two and missed it, and Turgeon went and did some uh, stick-side breakaway move that works every time, and he missed the net, and Healy was saying that, we were different. We were a different set of guys, you know, uh, at that series. Like, those guys never miss that. You and Turgeon don't miss those things. And he was well, like... We, had, we also had Benny Hogue had a breakaway in one of the games in overtime. And so, like, we had our chances to swing the series, mm-hmm. and we missed. Yep. And they didn't. Like, they got an overtime goal and double overtime from Stefan LeBeau. Right. Who and then Paul Di Pietro had a big bowl. Like it wasn't Vinny Damfus and you know, like they're big mm-hmm. guys. It wasn't them. It was the other guys. And yeah. It, it's kind of like you know, it, as much as you know, it's about good play, and of course it is, and it's about great goaltending. It's about taking advantage of your time, and we didn't. I yeah. mean, we we had the chance. Yeah. It could have been. It wasn't, and they. They didn't miss. Hell, you don't win 10 overtime games in a row unless it's your time. Yeah. I mean, that's when you think of it, it's absurd to win 10 straight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just nutty. And, and Healy's, Healy's thing was it was, yeah, their time. It wasn't happening for us. We, did, we weren't doing it for whatever reason, you know? And uh, Well, I and, think by the time yeah. we got there, we were out of gas. We were out of players. We yeah. Were, <laughs> like, we had. It was a miracle that we had gotten by Pittsburgh, really. Yep. They were so much better. Yep. And maybe that's just as far as we were going to go. Yeah. Yeah, it was a real interesting read. Uh, real interesting to hear it from the players now, the Montreal guys, and, and about the stick, the illegal stick, and everything else, and what happened. Although we, everyone's got a different account of how Marty got caught with that stick. It's pretty funny. It'll be history now. You know? Well, but, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what the account was of how he got caught with it. He mm-hmm. was using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, Steve, like, when you're on the ice, if a guy's got a stick that's way over, mm-hmm. you don't even need to measure it. You just look at it, and you know it's over. Yeah. The, when a team calls for an illegal stick, they're 99% sure they got it right. Whether, they, whether their trainers measured it or not, mm-hmm. anybody could skate by Marty's stick or Luke Robitaille's and say, those are illegal. You would just know. Yeah. Yeah, you made mention of Timu on our pod when we had Timu on and his paddle that he oh, used. Oh, it was ridiculous. It was a boat oar, and the, it was too high. Like, it was too wide, wide and the curve was big. And <laughs> right. It was illegal 20 different ways, but yeah. we never got into a playoff series. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I met uh, Eddie Olchuk. It was up in the little area where our seats were for game one. Shook his hand, yeah. told him I, I do the podcast with you, and, he, and he's had good things to say about you. So that was good. Uh, I met, well, that was nice of Edsel. I met, and then, you know, he's on to the Belmont. You know, he's fired up about that. Yeah, he's probably more fired up about that than the actual cup final, probably. Um, oh, yeah. And then uh, Kevin Weeks also. He was outside uh, hang, hanging out, and I uh, walked by him. We were leaving game two, and I just uh, met him, and he was a really nice guy. We had both of them on the pods. Very and, personable guy. Yep. Yeah, both of them. Uh, Same time, he'll yeah. chat it up. Yeah, it was really, really cool what to meet those guys. color was his suit? Purple. <laughs> yeah, he had a green one on the when I saw him the other day. Yeah. So I knew there would be some color yeah. to it. Um, I guess for you, this is just an opportunity for 
not only players and coaches, but all the media that covers the writers, the broadcasters from both networks, the, the American guys, the Canadian. This must just be like old home week for you, uh, this series. You know, when you, yeah, you see you, these guys. Yeah, you see a lot of guys you don't see most of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun to catch up and yeah. see what everybody's doing. And um, it's funny, though, by the end, like by now, everybody's just worn down to a pulp. <laughs> right, you know, like, right. And we're not even playing. We're just going city to city and yeah. reporting on the thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, everybody's pretty worn down. But it's it's fun to see the guys that, you know, guys I played with or played against that are now in the business. And, and then writers I might have known for, yeah. I don't know, 20 or 25 sure. years now. Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, well, corner, corner Bob McKenzie. Tell him we'll come down and we'll do a little podcast. Corner Bob in the bar one night. Oh, well, you, you good luck. You good luck getting involved there. <laughs> this is what I hear. This is what I hear. Um, also, too, we'll take some Twitter questions from you people. And uh, before, we, uh, before we finish, though, a little off-ice uh, off news came down today. Lou Lamorello just installed as president of the New York Islanders. Well, today, uh, Gar Snow and Doug Waite let go. I guess they're going to stay in the organization. But uh, thoughts on that, Ray? Well, I guess I was a little surprised Doug Waite's got, I think, three years left on his contract. And, um, but, you know, Garth's been there a decade, and it, it there didn't seem to be a job. If Lou's there, you can't be the GM if Lou's there. Lou's the GM. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess I'm not surprised, really, that the changes were made. Uh, Lou's, Lou's been hired to change just about everything about the Islanders, and you know, it, it, it's not little steps to make, it's big steps. And, you know, this, I don't think this is, you know, was, yeah. was shocking to, to anybody that the changes were made. Um, but yeah, like you said, they've both been, uh, Garth's been there forever and, and, and Waite's got that contract, but hey, it's Lou's team now. Um, would this, something like this have been done after, you know, we had a meeting with John Tavares apparently, uh, would this something have been done, you know, by dropping a hint to John Tavares about saying, hey, I'm thinking of this. Would this help or hurt re-signing? I mean, anything to do? With, yeah, that you know it? what? I, maybe with somebody else. I don't. I don't think so with Lou. I don't. I can't imagine Lou is letting a player as good as Tavares is to dictate how he runs the team. Okay. That just that just seems so counter to what Lou's about. Yeah. So you know, they make a change and. I can't imagine he's saying to John, who did you want to coach? I mean, yeah. Lou's going to hire the coach, whoever he thinks is best. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 was, that, I did that math immediately. I'm like, oh, he met with Tavares, and then he cans these two guys. I'm just like, okay, all right. Um, but you're right. Yeah, Lou's not, not the type of guy to do that. Well, he's not, he never has been. I can't imagine he'd start now. Yeah, exactly right. Um, all right, let's take some quick Twitter questions from you people. Uh, thanks for listening, by the way. PaulPocky.com, iTunes, um, Android, uh, podcast apps, Paul Pocky Paul, Paul on Stitcher. Uh, many ways to uh, to listen. Thank every, Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, Joe919, can you please ask Ray, why the hell does hitting the post does not count as a shot on goal? It makes no sense to me. Because in the rule book, which was written 173 years ago, it says if a shot on goal is a shot at the net that would have gone in if the goalie didn't stop. If the goalie didn't stop it, mm-hmm. so the goalie doesn't touch the puck that hits the post, so it's no shot. Makes sense. I think uh, you know. Yeah. It's kind of weird to me. It is a shot. Yeah. You know, like it should be counted, but yeah. Yeah. 
Yep, that's all I got. Uh, from Lauren47, Ray, do teams' systems differ that much, or is it a question of just executing better than the other team? Uh, do the teams prepare for opposing players more than opposing teams' systems? Um, systems are, are a little bit different. Um, maybe the reads that you make, like when you would attack on a four-check or when you would slide back into a more defensive posture, I think those would change team to team. Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's you can't reinvent the wheel. I mean, mm-hmm. there's only so many systems that really are effective in hockey. Um, I would say teams, they, you know, you'll, you'll get a report, a video presentation on what their systems are, but you'll also get uh, about their their top players. You'll get here are their tendencies. This is where they like to go. This is what yeah. they like to do. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't say one gets more attention than another, but they're both. They're both easier to scout today with all the yeah. technology and the way you can download the clips as opposed to when we used to get it. Apparently, the tendency of Ovechkin to hang around the face-off circle on the power play on the right-hand side has not yet been detected. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know if you noticed. In, in the last two games, instead of standing in the left circle like he always does, where Vegas was putting a guy standing right beside him, Ovechkin moved out to the top of the blue line. So Vegas is worried about him there. And John Carlson scored last game from the spot Ovechkin usually is in. So it's an adjustment they made, and Wash didn't adjust, and the one-timer came from Carlton. Or, or, uh, I'm sorry, Vegas Vegas didn't didn't adjust. adjust, And the one-timer came from Carlson, and because they're worried about Ovechkin, there was enough room to make that pass. So one small adjustment, and it mattered a lot. Yeah, I did not notice that. Good good pickup. That's why you're the the guy on this show, and I'm just the guy asking the questions. Uh, Jeff Loughton said, uh, would Ray have wanted to play back in the 20s and 30s against Babe Die and Howie Morenz? Oh, jeez. No, because I'd be dead. <laughs> Why, what do you? Oh, now you'd be dead, right. Got it. I'd be dead now. Yeah, you, you, you played in the best era. You really did. In my no, opinion. Not financially. Anyway. No, not financially. Good point. Good, excellent point. But, God, the 80s were good. Um all right, Chris Reiskamp says, what does Ray write in his little orange book? And I don't even know what this means. You have an orange oh, book down there? It's like a notebook. Um, so I have, uh, I write down all any plays that I see during the game, and I chart them on the clock. And then that's how we end up with the video packs mm-hmm. that you'll see that cover some of the highlights, or the highlights that cover us talking. So we'll be talking, say, about Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, for example. And it's no accident that it goes to a clip of Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. We've charted that, we've marked it down, and the guys back in the studio put it together. So once I put those plays down, as we get ready for the hits, I just write one or two words, mm-hmm. and they're like my trigger words. So if I, you know, if things go a little bit longer in one way or another, I can always look down and just have my, you know, yeah. little. Uh, it's like a cheat sheet almost. Yep. Most times I don't even look at it. It's like. Uh, Linus's safety blanket. Right, right, right. Yeah, if you get lost or something, it'll just write Ovi, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, so Ovechkin, right, yeah. Yeah, that's um, about it, yeah. Uh, Bert Smeets, uh, love the show. Ray, what was the worst injury you ever played through? Uh, played through. Yeah. Uh, probably broken nose. I yeah. Get the thing smashed in my face, and they kind of fixed it back up, and then went back out. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's brutal to play through. For for the rest of the night, you 
you know, you're, it's like you got a heartbeat in your nose. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> every time you get bumped, you get more blood in your mouth. Oh, and it's really not. It's not really good. Uh, this is from... when you spit. It's like a like you got to spit because uh. it's just constantly draining. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. Uh, Josh said, uh, "Who had the best goaltending performance in a series against you?" Maybe that Patrick Wall, what we just talked about, ninety three, or was there another one? Uh, I would say Wall in eighty six. Oh yeah, was better yep. than ninety three. Yep. Um, the that that was a incredible series he had that against against the team that I played against. I would say that was that was as good as any. He was fabulous, and we didn't. Yep. I mean, he was a rookie. He was only twenty years old. He wasn't wearing all the cheating gear that he wore later. Yep, and. Uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing performance. Yeah, just white mask, right? All white mask and everything. Yep. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Dale Hunter's helmet said, uh, "I've heard many of Ray colleagues talk about how he had an amazing ability to get into an opponent's head." Did Ray ever play against a player or players he feels were better at head games than he was? I guess uh, you know you did this by by chirping a lot of guys. Um, did you? Right. Um, oh, there are lots of guys good at it. Um, trying to think here. Guys that would needle away. Uh, John McLean was pretty good. Was he? Yeah. Devils. Yep. Yeah, he was good. Um, like like a guy like Dale Hunter, he would give it to you, and then he you'd have to worry that he might spear you while he was finished. That would be the <laughs> yeah. punctuation mark. Right. Right. Um, I like to think I could hang in there with yeah. most anybody with the best of them. <laughs> uh, you know. Oh, you know who was really good? Kevin McClellan from. Oh the yeah. Oilers. Really? Huh. Yeah, very good. Underrated chirper, Kevin McClelland, and and very and very scary too. Right, Just always added added a little more to it. Uh, Mario Z said, uh, non Stanley Cup question: When does the NHL move into a net pay cap system? As it stands, tax free, tax free states have a huge advantage. And uh, I mean, yeah, he's kind of right. Like they, you know, that's, that's something you would look at as a uh, as a free agent. But I don't. I have no idea how you would adjust this. Um. It's not happening because the players would have to sign off on it. Um, could you imagine the complications to the cap? I mean, I guess it could be done. Mm-hmm. But so does that? Is he telling me that? Does, would that mean that Tampa Bay's cap is yeah would be seven million and Montreal's is eighty eight million? Like yeah, that, that doesn't work. Right, or or a um, and the know. reason it doesn't work, it would kill all movement between teams. It, there has to be a uniform system around the league. Uh, all sports and music. Bad break if your team's in a high tax spot. Oh, for sure, right? Absolutely. Um, Nevada tax free. Love it. Uh, all right. Josh said, uh, "What is Ray's thoughts on offer sheets to restricted free agents? If he were an NHL GM, would he do one? If he'd like the player, I wish we saw more offer sheets. But current GMs seem to have a mutual agreement about not doing them." Well, I don't know if it's a mutual agreement. I think it's a mutual understanding that mm-hmm. you can offer somebody an offer sheet, they sign it, and then the team just matches it. So the only thing that happens is you drive up the price of business of that team, and then they're going to come after you. So I think if the teams felt they could get the players, yeah. they might offer sheet more often. I I don't know. I mean, like, I would think about offer sheeting some young players, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, the last like time, if, mm. you know, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, for example. Mm-hmm. If they sign um, Nylander this summer, why wouldn't you offer sheet either 
Matthews or Marner next year mm-hmm. if they don't get signed now. Yeah, yeah. The last time we saw it, GMs Brian Burke wanted to set up a fight in a barn. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a banner. Yeah, I, I mean it's yeah. in the rule book. Yeah, it's in the CBA. I yeah. don't know why teams don't use it. Yeah, Sackick signed one back in the day. Fedorov signed one back in the day. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, so it did happen. But yeah, in the last, I don't know. So the Sackick offer sheet was twenty one million dollars over three years, fifteen million payable in the first year. And the Rangers offered that to, to Sackett because they didn't think Colorado could match. Mm-hmm. And Colorado did. Yeah. So angry, probably. <laughs> so Yes, they probably weren't happy. Uh, from Michael Anderson, was your assist on Volek's goal versus Pittsburgh your top moment as an Isles player? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, it was unbelievably fun scoring overtime goals in the previous series. Like that was yeah. amazing, um, but that series was—it was the pinnacle for a lot of us. And to win that way and to have a part in the winning goal was was a highlight for sure, like the highlight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, yeah, it was a cool moment for sure. Um, just beating that Pittsburgh team. Never mind the goal itself. Just who you beat on the seventh game. Jeez. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to happen, and then it did, and it was just. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing time. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for another show. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you for sending in your questions at Paul Pocky. Do that because Ray, will uh, he gets too many mentions. He'll never see it. So feel free to do that. Uh, thanks for listening yeah, to the show for another week. Yeah, I love week. the questions. They're awesome. The questions are great. Yeah. Yeah, they're all hockey this time. But, you know, you can ask anything. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Um, Doesn't matter. And uh, so, Ray, yeah, you'll be here for uh, – you're here now for, for game five and – now it's just a one-one-one format. So if, if this thing keeps yeah, going, unfortunately, you'll... two days off between each game. So yeah, um, we'll see if Game Five ends ends it on Thursday, or whether it's uh, two more days—Friday, Saturday off—and Game Six would be Sunday in Washington. Yeah, and then and then maybe my favorite part of the year starts: the draft, free agency. It's so much fun right around then. My favorite part of the year, holidays. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Fantastic. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Ray, thank you for the time. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for the questions. And uh, check it out. Tell a friend. And uh, we'll be at it next week.